welcome to the new Activist on the Block. I'm Sarah Anderson. Good morning. I'm Micah Wiglinski. We're here live. Woo! It's been a while. We know. We've been uh, traveling, vacationing, enjoying the wilds of West Virginia. Oh, speaking of which, next week, we, uh, my wife won a uh, two-night stay at a bed and breakfast um, down in the New River area from the West Virginia Tourism uh, Board for a picture she submitted as part of their social media campaign. I love that. It's awesome. It's so cool. Are they going to come and do, like, a photo shoot of you guys, I like, don't know. standing in front? I don't know. I, I didn't, like, authorize that. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think her picture was of, like, there's uh, bridge piers that go across the river. Um, that are, It's like a broken bridge pier. The Mon? Hmm? Which river? On the new. Oh, the new. Okay. The kids can climb up the ladder and jump off. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, that one. So we have a picture from there with the background. I don't know. Thanks, West Virginia Tourism Board. I don't know who was on the board to make the decision, so <laughs> it's nobody I know, I don't think. But either way, we'll get to go down and enjoy the new river again. It's beautiful. It's hot. The water feels cool. Yeah. Yeah, West Virginia, this is a great, like, we're not, honestly, we're sponsored literally by nobody, so... <laughs> This is a free plug for West Virginia and the West Virginia Tourism Board. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The state. Everyone really should enjoy it. Everyone should. I enjoy it. Everyone should pick up their trash. I'm going to get on my trash picking up kick. Oh, yeah. What about that can we found from 1965 at mm. that campsite? Yeah, that was cool. It said, uh, we need to look that up. I forgot to. Yeah. Because it said the tax was paid and cannot be more than 3.2% alcohol. Right. For Miller High Life can. Yeah. Any listeners know when 3 2 beer was the law in West Virginia? I'm going to say, based on the cans, it was sometime in the 70s. Yeah, it was a pull tab. Mm-hmm. But there were a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was littering like a long time ago. But there well, was other that's littering that where then. the stuff goes, the, it floods, the river picks uh, it up and it goes right. away, and then it gets caught in trees and under the sand, and then. But for whoever threw that can on the ground, it's gone. It's like it's clean. Right. Their area is clean. Ah, fresh start. Fresh start. Garbage downriver. Yeah. So, despite the beauty um, that we've been enjoying in the state, there's been some pretty terrible things happening on our southern border. Mm Mm-hmm. It's been going on. I'm not sure what's brought this to light recently. I've been thinking about that. So this is, you know, we've been doing the podcast for almost two years now, right? Yeah, I think so. And I remember probably like a year ago, we were talking about this, the family separation and um, kids being kept in in camps or whatever. And uh, it's been happening from then until now. But suddenly, I don't know what suddenly changed the narrative. Like, why suddenly it's on everybody's radar. I think it's good that it's on everybody's mm-hmm. radar. Um, but I, I'm the, I don't know what was the catalyst. Yeah. For it. Do you? I have the same thought, and my... I mean, I think there are a couple things. May, I mean, I don't know enough about the media or the news cycle, but I do feel like it was picked up again. Mm-hmm. So, And then there was, of course, the horrifying photo of the dad and his 18-month-old daughter... Mm-hmm. Who drowned trying to cross the river because they were desperate and the bridge was closed. But that was after. Like, it was after, and that only, isn't about child separate. Oh, there was a some people made it into one of the detention facilities again. But I will say that I would give 
one of the things I know that brought it up was suddenly people were talking about these places and calling them concentration camps. And then the people who were supportive of putting these kids in these camps started losing their minds. They started saying, well, this isn't a concentration camp. They're, this, you know, so it was like the debate. I remember that was like two weeks ago that started. And that was AOC started that. And that was the big thing. Why are you calling these concentration camps? People want you to apologize for doing it. And she's like, I won't apologize for it because that's what they are. Right. Um, and then that was the whole debate. And then I think it's a reasonable thing to say. Like if you're arguing that your con- the, the, the camps you support aren't concentration camps like what the Nazis used. Like, what's your moral ground to stand on? You're saying, like, the camps we have aren't as bad as what the Nazis did? Like, that's your that's your argument? It seems kind of... Because there's not a gas chamber? Because they're, yeah, we're not, they're not killing them or because... I don't know. But I will think... I will say I think that that somewhat led to it, uh, to part of it. And then the... the what is it? The director of... Not director of Homeland Security. Whoever was in charge of that had to resign recently, yeah, too. right. So I don't know. I think it's it's good that people's awareness is there. But I, I posted on Facebook before, like, what what type of collective action needs to happen for this to change? Like, what's it going to take across the country for politicians to say, hey, we should stop doing this? And do we have it in us to do that as a, as a country? Are there enough people who think this policy is wrong who will mobilize and do stuff about it? Yeah, and no. I think I know the answer. <laughs> That's a great question with, with probably a disheartening answer. But you do see, and I don't know enough about how people from kind of across the political spectrum are responding. I do know, I've seen a lot, you know, most of my friends are, of course, in line with my views and I have seen people make a lot of comments about, like, literally saying they're defriending people who make, like, quote-unquote sarcastic comments about, you know, being in support of these detention facilities, which is just morally reprehensible. So I, I don't—and I don't know. I do think as well that in Congress you see less of an— appetite of support for this than the president. I think his administration is just, Trump's administration is entirely bankrupt, morally bankrupt, and there's no good, I mean, there's no leg to stand on for Mm -hmm. doing this to any human, let alone those poor, poor children. I mean, you've seen, um, I'm a developmental psychologist and I follow a lot of those people on Twitter and every organization you can imagine is coming out against we see all highlights magazine <laughs> talking highlights magazine like that kids magazine coming out I like there was a Twitter post from Laura Bush who said you know I'm for strong borders or whatever Right she lives on the border I state I live on the border yeah. but like what we're doing is cruel and inhumane and we shouldn't be doing it and Michelle Obama tweeted back and said uh Something like cruelty, arguing against cruelty crosses political lines or something like that. It's like, right, but where's the rest of the Laura Bushes? Right. Like, where are the rest of them to say, hey, I voted for President Trump. I voted for all these Republicans who are in the Senate, and this is wrong, and this should stop. Where are they? Because I'm not hearing them, like, at all. No, they're not loud voices. No, and even Laura Bush's tweet, I mean, it was a tweet. It's not like she's trying to go out on some sort of media circuit. Mm -mm. I'm assuming she could still get an interview pretty easily. I haven't heard her out there. Again, thank I mean, not to 
disparage right. her, say that what she did wasn't a good thing, but there's obviously a lot more that needs to be done. And I do know, so on, there are a few ways if you are looking to get involved, I've, or I mean, get involved is wrong. If you are looking to, in your own way, support the children and families at the border, people have been putting lists together for ways to help. And we'll post, there's a Google Doc out there that, and I'm pulling up the list now, there's a Google Doc out there that we'll share on the page um, that lists ways to take action on immigrant detention. Um, And so one of the key ways is, of course, legislative advocacy. And so actually, I was talking to your wife last night, Lindsay's featuring prominently on the podcast today, Mm -hmm, go mm -hmm. Lindsay. Um, about sending a resist bot yesterday to our our members of Congress Mm -hmm. here in uh, North Central West Virginia. And she got a reply from Shelley Moore Capito that apparently it was a little more potentially contrite than than is typical. Because usually her responses are like law and order and tough borders borders and whatever. And this one was kind of like not that. But, But here's the angle. Here's her angle. She's pushing this thing, Cap- Senator Capito, that she voted for this $4.5 billion that they're sending for uh, uh, humanitarian aid for this crisis on our border, which is what she called it. But I'm like, okay, that's great, but what if we just don't have this crisis at the border? Like, then we don't have to give right. all this money for this humanitarian crisis. We could use it for border security, if that's what your thing is. Uh, it's costing us taxpayers seven hundred and seventy-five dollars per day for every child that's in these uh, emergency shelters that they're there. And you think, like, I've stayed in some nice hotels from time to time, nice fluffy bathrobe and mm-hmm. jacuzzi tub, nice breakfast, air conditioner, heater, blanket, blanket, a bed, a bed, a soap, pillow, soap to wash my hands. Uh-huh. Toothbrush. Uh, oh well, I guess you have to bring your own toothbrush. Usually. No, you could call places that you yeah. spend like three hundred bucks. Yeah, a night, you, you say, can definitely call and ask for a toothbrush. You can ask for a lot of things that they'll bring you, right? Yeah. And that was like probably three hundred dollars a night. Mm-hmm. So, but we're so it's the money. It's five hundred million dollars a year for all those kids if you add up seven hundred seventy-five dollars times everyone they have in custody. Right. Well, and you have seen so that's what she's voting for. She's voting. Right. To, so where's that money going? Where's the accountability? Who's who's be- financially benefiting from this money? I mean, to me, that's what it's about. Right. Well, and you've seen a lot of, of, of action now, like collective action against those organizations who have been supporting finan- in financially or in indirect ways those detention facilities. So the Wayfair employees walked out the other day. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Giants is reporting that um, Bank, of America. Bank of America, who is providing financing to these facilities, is no longer providing that financing. I mean, so there is there mm-hmm. the, the power of collective action and the power, frankly, of capitalism and ways that mm-hmm. people can withdraw their support from different um, companies is one potential way to move the need. I mean, it's it's a more... I don't know. Whenever I think of, like, capitalism, I feel like it's more cynical than, mm. like, actually helping the children. But if that's the way that we actually have to well, move the needle, then And you don't have to go so show up it. at a march. You can just sign on to a thing saying or send an email to the CEO of Bank of America and say, I'm taking my money from your bank right. because of this. And if enough people do that, they're like, oh, we care about children. We won't do this anymore. Right. So if you... 
We'll give this, an, again, I'll post this, but if you're listening, you can call members of Congress at 202-224-3121. You can then, you know, choose your member of Congress. You can call him, speak to a staffer. You can tell them that you are, you know, disgusted by the separation of families, number one, because let's face it, that's what's getting us into this mm-hmm. mess in the first place. And number two, the conditions that they are detaining these children in. I mean, it is just abhorrent. It is... It is troubling. It is disgusting. It is going to create these traumatized children who are going to have a hard time reconnecting with their parents and let alone any other human because they are just left in dirty diapers, defecating on the floor, being cared for by 12-year-olds. I mean, I think about my own children and just how horrified and traumatized they would be and... I mean, we are lucky in this country that we haven't had to deal with these situations, but you can't pretend like this is nothing that could ever... Anything is possible. You can't... We can't be so complicit and say, well, that's those, the problem of, of those Salvadorans or the Guatemalans, you know? We, we are lucky, and you can't take that for granted. And if you don't think that, that tragedy couldn't befall you or your family or your country or your state, then you are... Sorely mistaken. Um, okay, so other other actions. Um, there are a lot of organizations that are providing legal support. So, of course, if you have a few extra dollars and maybe not as much time to make phone calls, then you can provide um, a lot of donations to different organizations like the ACLU, um, Americans for Immigrant Justice, Denver Immigrant Legal Services Fund, etc. Again, we'll post these. Um, There are also, I've seen this a lot, that what these parents really need is actually support for bail. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple organizations, the National Bail Fund Network or RACES, R-A-I-C-E-S, that where you can provide a donation that then they can use to help provide bail to get the parents out to get the, then go get their children. Um, there's also different organizations providing hu- humanitarian support as well. Right. And I, I think some of the, I mean, like you said earlier, people, someone, I don't know if it was a senator, I remember they went and they visited one of these camps and they, they're reporting back. And then just last week, uh, one of the lawyers for the Trump administration named Sarah Fabian or Fabian. Oh, God, that um, was, I can't there imagine. To, you know, this three, this three judge appellate court and. You know, there was a I think what they her argument was that there was a settlement in the 90s about uh, a treatment of children who were migrants who were in the custody of the government and And how and how they should be treated. And that settlement said that they should be given safe and sanitary, quote unquote, safe and sanitary conditions. So the the judges were basically like, would you say that, um, you know, having children lay on a conflict? Concrete floor with an aluminum, they use the word aluminum blanket, I don't think they're aluminum, but anyway, um, with the lights on all night, with no soap or a toothbrush, uh, it would be considered safe and sanitary. And her argument was, if if they would have wanted that to be in the agreement, they would have said in the agreement, we have to give them soap, toothbrushes. And a, and, oh, and like in parentheses, because, like yes, be- safe and sanitary equals like because they it, that was her argument. Ah! She said because they did not enumerate. I want to punch her that lady in the face. They didn't enumerate it in the in the settlement. 
And if they wanted to, they could have done that, and they didn't do it. That was her argument. And the judges were almost, like, stunned, like they couldn't believe it. And they were like, so would you say, just on the plain words of the text, safe and sanitary, would you say that not giving someone soap would be considered sanitary? And he's like, and I'm not talking about, like, perfumed soap or Egyptian, you know, 800-count thread sheets. Just soap, a bar of soap. And she's like, well... Uh, if it's if it's not enumerated in the in the agreement, then it's not part of that. Was, that's all she had. I don't know how they sleep at night. I don't. I mean, know. they go to they go to sleep in a bed. Yep, they do have those eight hundred <laughs> cow Egyptian yeah, cotton sheets prob- too. And Let's probably face it. some nice perfumed soap. Oh my god! Yeah, I I I read that and I thought about that woman, and I was really just disgusted. I don't know how these people can can sleep at night and can live with themselves. It is really just baffling to me. But the, I I remember there was an article in The Atlantic, I think it was not a year ago, but it was a while ago, and it was entitled, The Cruelty is the Point. Hmm. And people who who think that um, we shouldn't have any immigrants in our country, um, that the more cruel we can be to those coming here Mm -hmm. will dissuade them from others from coming in the future. That's the whole point of this mm-hmm. child separation, right? Mm-hmm. If you the, if, if you know that your kid's going to be taken from you, then maybe you won't come here. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the point of this is the more... So for people who think it's perfectly fine, I almost feel the more they hear how cruel it is, it actually is reinforcing that they should be doing it more. This is good that it's cruel. How many people do you think are okay? I mean, this goes back to probably something A we lot. can't answer, but how many people are okay with that? Overall, like a percentage of people yeah. in our country. Yeah. So, you're saying like out of a hundred percent, like um, out of a hundred percent. That's how it works. Well, no, because I think there's probably like thirty-three percent of people who literally don't know and don't care. Oh, so are we including I those see. People? Of the people who. I mean, if you're how about of the people who know? I see what okay, you're Okay, so the people, because I, I mean, you t- I talk to people and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, so there's definitely right, like okay. one out of three people probably don't know, don't care. It's not even on their radar. All right. So the people who know, half. I think half are perfectly fine with it. Really? Yes. But they're not half of 100. Yeah, right. (laughs) So it's a third. It's probably a third. I think so. I would say a third of our, a third of everyone. But there's nuance there. Do you think a third are really okay with children living in those conditions? If it was like somebody they knew, no. But if it's some boogeyman... Like, we had a friend who's, they're from Wisconsin, and he's talking about immigrants and how they're coming and all these bad things. And I'm like, how many immigrants are where you live besides Canadians? None. So why do you, like, it's this idea. Right. Well, I'm being in West Virginia, too. It's so absurd it's because. Same. It's no different than somebody arguing against, it's not apples to apples, but uh, we shouldn't have welfare. We shouldn't have SNAP. Because there's those people, they abuse it, and they have generations of people who, who are teaching them to, to get welfare and to get SNAP, right? And then you start to talk to them and you say, and they'll say, well, do you know anybody who's on public assistance? And they'll say, well, my neighbor across the street's daughter, she's a really hardworking person and she's putting mm-hmm. herself through school and she works this job, but she doesn't make enough money. So she gets, she gets food stamps and she gets the money from the, the, from welfare, but she's working. So she, she's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. That's how it works. Right. But if you don't know these people and it's just some 
weird brown person who you've been told is bad, then yes, they, they're perfectly fine with it being cruel. But if it was the neighbor across the street from them that they see out shoveling their snow in the winter and, and getting their mail and going to work every day and, and riding their bike with their kids, they'll say, oh, no, they're, they're a good family. They go to church on Sundays, uh, you know. Yeah. Not you know, but you know. You know. But the cruelty is the point. I'm, I believe that 100%. Mm-hmm. And the more Stephen Miller is, in that, in his dark lair. Yeah, the more cruel Doing that, just, you know, strumming his fingers, thinking about more cruel ways to keep people out. That man definitely doesn't give a shit. Well, I also think that, you know, you have children, I have children. If If things in our country got to the point where you had no... No opportunity to feed your kids, to provide them with a shelter, and you knew you could travel somewhere else to do that. Like you don't just up and do that. These people are not leaving their their houses in in Central America to trek through Mexico, which is super dangerous on its own. Right. I don't know if I would trek through Mexico even with like an armed guard. I've talked to people who've done it, and uh, so they're doing that, knowing that their kids might be taken from them, knowing that they might die, and they're still doing it. Like, I just don't, to me, for people to say, well, when they get here, we should turn our backs on them and they shouldn't have broken the law. Like, it just doesn't compute. They're asylum would, seekers. That's also not breaking the you law. You would do people the same. People can enter the country and seek asylum. But these people who are saying it would literally be fighting to do the same thing if they had to do it. Like, if, if the people who think these kids should be in camps and their parents should be in jail, if the shoe was on the other foot, they would be doing the exact same thing. Yep. And I'm sorry, our our... Our plates big enough, like our our plates and our tables are big enough here. Well, that was an argument that a friend of ours was was making. He was telling us he's a conservative, which I always want to know when somebody says that, like as opposed to like a Republican. Well, no, but like why they have to identify that way, and I know why they do it now because they want to start, they want to put people in in sides, right? So you say I'm this, you're that, you're bad, I'm good. I mean, it's it, it's a mental thing, right? But he's talking about how things are moving too quickly. And as a conservative, you want things to kind of stay the way they are or kind of move more slowly. We shouldn't be having all these fast changes quickly. So oh, in my head, I I'm see. thinking like... Like the cultural ones? Right. So that's what... And I, I kind of was just asking him, like, well, what are you talking about specifically? Because I didn't know if he was talking about, like, gay people earning the right to be married or if it, is it black people getting the right to vote or women? No, but I mean, you could, right. you could take right. that. Right, right, And I wanted, maybe he did mean, you know, it was, but then he couldn't really come up with anything. It was just kind of like this, you know, whatever. So then finally, after we pressed him, it came to this idea of immigration and all these, we're letting in all these people. And he said, there's, there's towns I lived in uh, that used to not be crowded. And now when I go there, there's so many people in these, in these cities, and it's overcrowding and hurting the services in the city. And I said, you do realize that for every two people who are getting married and having children in our country, they're having like 1.7 babies. It's, some, it's less than two. I don't right. know if it's 1.7. So our, our population without immigration would be falling, and it would continue to fall. So this argument about our, the towns used to be small and now they're getting big doesn't hold any water. That doesn't make sense. Not not to mention the fact that that's where economic opportunity is well, as well. well I we, mean, we, why the hell else would people? Right. Whatever. It's weird. It's a weird argument. But we should control who's who's coming into our house and not coming into our house. 
And then <laughs> my the other favorite thing I, I hear when talking to people and, and seeing this thing is, we have homeless people, we have veterans, we have seniors, we have poor people in our country. Oh, we like need we to can't. take care of ours first. Like, I'm like we're doing that. No, and I'm like, right, yeah, let's do that. So you're you're gonna call your your congressman right now and say you support. Uh, expanding health care for people who can't afford it. You're going to support uh, food stamps for right. working people. You're going to... Or for, any, or for anybody. Or for anybody. Who, anybody it doesn't have to be you're working gonna, people. You're going to encourage them to vote for... Uh, to give homeless people housing so they can get off the streets and job training and all these things that cost money. Let's take care of our own for it. Let's do it. Oh, well, not that. Not that. It's such a bullshit <laughs> argument no. with her that we need to take care of ours first. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's do that. Then but take they, care of ours. Take care of ours. Oh, but I think that. that they mean that a lot of people will say that it, when they mean, say, take care of their own, they mean, like, communities and people need to take care of their own people. No, Do I, I think, think they that, mean... Go ahead. I don't think that they mean the government. I think that they mean that you, families and communities should take care of each other and I not that the government... take care of me and people like me. Well, that's, that's, that's I true. To, I think that there's some of both. We though. need family values. And I'm like, okay... So the gay couple that adopted a kid who took a kid out of a foster home and go to church and go to work and go ride their bikes, that, well, like they're riding their bikes together on the, on the trails, you know. Here we go. So but that's not the family values that they're talking about. They're saying we need, to, we need to take care of family values. We need to protect families. Right, but not not that family. Right. Not those right. kind of no. families. Yeah. Not, the black, yeah. not the black dad and the white mom. Not, right. That's that's That's... That's not right. We that that family. Right. Family. It is all code Families. language. It's it code is all language. it's very coded. It definitely has other a lot of other meanings. It is a load of bullshit. Have I told my story about the Civil War the, the guy with the Civil War on the podcast? The guy with the Civil War? Uh, yes. Have I not have I not told I don't think this? so. Well, we're talking about coded language and it just So I was in a in a beer store. They sold liquor there too, and I was buying a, a twelve pack. And uh it cost Almost $20. I feel like I told the story on the podcast. No? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Well, if it did. It's, oh, no. I think you just told. We're I just remember this story now. We were just talking about and it. The, yeah, yeah. the girl who was ringing me up said it was like $19 and whatever. And she's like, oh, that's crazy. It's 20 bucks just like that. And I'm like, right? It's 20 Well, beer's more expensive in Maryland. But um, so we just got to having a quick little conversation about how expensive things are. And how the cost of living is so high and everything's going up except for wages because wages aren't going up. So we're having this nice little quick conversation. She's bagging my stuff up. And the guy behind me makes some comment about people should work harder. Something along those lines of like it's not, it's, it's not the, the stuff getting more expensive fault and wages aren't going up. It's the people's fault. So I'm Doesn't like, make sense. okay, right. <clears throat> so then this conversation is now kind of three ways. And we were talking about how people can't work together because our country's getting more and more divided. And he's like, I hate to say it, but I think it's time for another civil war. And I looked, I turned over my shoulder and I looked at him and I said, what did you say? And he goes, well, you know what I'm saying. And I'm like, no, you're saying we should have a civil war, right? And he's like, well, I just think that things are so divided that that's the only way that we're going to solve this. And I was like, sir, the last time we had a civil war, over 400,000 people died and it almost destroyed our whole country. That's what you're telling me? Don't say that. And he's like, well, well, I'm just, and I'm like, don't say that. <laughs> who, who engages in conversation at a beer store? <laughs> at a beer store. And talks about we should have another civil this war. This is a safe location. Let's talk about. I think he thought maybe I was on the side. I don't know. Like, he felt comfortable enough to just spout you're, it out. You're white man buying beer? 
Maybe. Let's talk about Civil War together. Oh, dude. I know. That's so messed up. But it is that, that coded language of the let's let's take care of our people first. Right. Because they never mean everybody. No. Right. Right. Conversations with... <sighs> I was talking with my neighbor who's very conservative, and he's older and retired, and he watches Fox News a lot. And some of the stuff, like, that comes out of his mouth, I'm like, I can't believe you're saying this. Like, I really... I, I, I can't believe it. How, like okay he is with saying it like mm-hmm. how unashamed just, he is well and also just an inability to like kind of think about the stuff he's saying you know he's just saying it we were talking about the military and i said he said our number one goal of our of our country should be the safety and security of its residents i was like okay i don't disagree we could cut our military budget in half and take that money and put it into social programs and help people in our country and still have the biggest military in the mm-hmm. world and he's like no no we can't do that I'm like, well, yes, we can. We could do it tomorrow. But we don't. But the military-industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This makes us all angry. <clears throat> so we are going to post the things that we can do. Um, oh, wow. 600,000-plus died in the Civil War. Thank you, Sarah. Sorry, 200,000 people. <laughs> um, there were have been a few Supreme Court rulings that's probably worth bringing up, mm. like both good mm. and bad. So let's do the... Mm, maybe bad first so we can end on a good note. Gerrymandering is a political issue, so the court shouldn't be involved in it. That's their argument. Yep. Oh, the, the states, you can gerrymander. They didn't say they could gerrymander. They just said it's a political issue, so it should be dealt with politically. Oh, so if you don't want gerrymandering, you have to elect you people who don't want You have to vote people who don't want to gerrymander. Or if you want gerrymandering for your side, just vote for your people and encourage them to gerrymander. But what if they've already gerrymandered and you're fucked? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> you can't you you can't get out of that once it's gerrymandered. I know, and they're basically giving the green light to states to do it more. Right. But it's conflicting things because they they ruled the other states they ruled that the the maps had to be redrawn. So it's right. This is what this was my question, and I will fully admit I haven't done enough reading on it. Ooh, look how big my hand gets when I do that. Um. Okay. Um. If state yes, courts yes. say you can't have gerrymandering, correct? Okay, this that's was what, that for, was my assumption. That it was, was for, for federal, federal courts okay. and fe- right. Okay, so right, if, if the if the a challenge to a, to districts was brought through state courts, then that's where it will get decided. Okay, so it can still be in the courts, just not in not in federal. The federal courts. courts can't tell the states how to draw their maps. Essentially, is what okay. my understanding of their ruling, which Great. is pretty weird. Um, okay, so that was the crappy one. Mm-hmm. On the good news, um, the f- although it said for now, which I didn't understand, but the Trump administration cannot include a question about citizenship mm-hmm. in the 2020 census. Mm-hmm. Um, so the implications there were that it was estimated that it would depress turnout for the census, which would then have huge political implications mm-hmm. for because that is how um, funds are how you determine how funds are disseminated. That's how you determine congressional districts. Mm-hmm. Like, we just have tons of implications for, again, places with brown people. And the people are living here. Like, they're here. Right. They're living here. And it says residents. It doesn't say citizens. So why does it matter? It doesn't matter if it is residents or citizens. Well, the- people have their green cards. Right. Are here for up to 10 years legally. They're residents. Right. Why so shouldn't say, you count are- them? They should be counted. Right, because they're there. They are drawing on 
resources, mm -hmm. so those resources should be allocated appropriately and to count here. them. Right, right, right. Um, ooh, that moved the camera. Um, what else? Oh, but then today or last night, Trump is now asking to delay the census, which I don't know. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he. That's the latest. To delay for when? The twenty twenty. Yeah. You can't. I don't think you can. It really it's, doesn't seem like you should be able it's to. It's in the Constitution. Right. We have to do a census every 10 years. How are you going to do that? Well, I mean, Trump, like, can say whatever the hell he wants to say. Well, I didn't hear this. Yes. Keep talking while I Google. Okay. Um, that is all I know. <laughs> no, talk more. Let's see. Do you guys want me to sing a song? No. This is the song that never ends. No, don't do that. It just goes on and on, my yeah. friends. Yeah, do you find it? Article 1, Section 2. Oh, that's what you were Googling. Yeah. But what, I guess, could he administratively move it back a year? Does it have to be in a particular year? It just is every 10 years. Mm -hmm. So then he couldn't. Now, and I was also unclear with it. It says that for now they can't include the citizenship question, which I was also included confused about. And I did read the NPR article, and it it didn't clarify what for now went meant. I'm putting that in air quotes. Um, no, it's definitely every ten years. Yeah, yeah. So it it doesn't really. Well, it doesn't surprise seem to me make, that he. Would I mean, work. of course he would say it. I mean, whatever he he always wants what he wants. He. He's always been in charge in a way that he can just tell people whatever the hell he wants to do. But that's fundamentally not how a presidency works. And he's obviously been... And I'm sure the the people who are on his side who care about the Constitution oh, would right. have no problem whatsoever with President, let's just pick one out of the air, Obama, would say, you know, we don't need to have a census. That's my Obama impersonation. It's really bad. It is pretty bad. Mm -hmm. There's probably worse. Um, right, and like, meanwhile, the same people would argue for well, the Second Amendment. I've asked the lawyers if they can delay the census no matter how long until the Supreme Court's given additional information. But they're not going to rule on it again, dude. That's not the way it works. Well, and also, there's this other information that apparently is on the hard drive from a um, Republican pollster that was very influential in the this notion of including the citizenship question. I forget his name. It begins with an H. It has a lot of consonants in it. Um, so it, I don't think that that is going to help their case at all. I mean, they, they, it, the motivations are incredibly suspect, and that's what the problem is, obviously. So interesting. So I, I, I knew that they decided this, but I didn't get into the weeds with it. They're basically saying that the executive branch has the broad authority to decide what goes on the census, saying they routinely ask a range of questions um, beyond the number of people in a household, and neither the respondents, they've been able to identify any manageable, relevant judicial limits on the decision to put a core demographic question back on the census. But <laughs> the evidence tells a story that does not match the explanation they gave for his decision. Right, of course. So if they would have given a normal, like, reason... It would be on there. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's the thing. That's like Trump's fundamental problem is that. He's an idiot. They're he's idiots. an idiot. And he goes out and he tweets and he has. So, so he provides in the public record, like all these other alternative explanations for like ending DACA, for the Muslim ban, for all these other things. 
And mm-hmm. and fortunately, I guess he's an idiot and he keeps doing that and it's biting him in the ass. But anywho, <laughs> the secretary is telling Commerce was simply acting on a routine data request from another agency. That's what they said. Like the Department of Justice said, we need this information. That was their argument. And I remember that. So that's why we're putting it on. But the materials before us indicate the commerce went to great lengths to elicit a request from the DOJ or, <laughs> or any other willing agency. <laughs> Idiots. Uh, do you guys have something you want to tell me? You sure you don't want to know if people I are citizens? Think, because hey, I we could get that question if you can ask. Would that be helpful for you? Just a thought. Uh, barf. Yeah, barf. Um, all right. So shifting gears quickly to local stuff yes. and then we'll wrap it up. Yes. Um, so right now we are in Mon County, Monongalia County in West Virginia, mm-hmm. and probably like a lot of communities, there are some weird boundaries between the city of Morgantown and the county, and there's some discussion currently in our neck of the woods about adjusting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a lot of debate on both sides, and so kind of as a teaser, we'll be discussing this in upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. Good teaser. Good teaser. So. If you feel strongly either way, um, you can please send us a message to our Facebook page, um, New Activists on the Block. You can look us up. You can send us a message there if this is something that you feel strongly about and you would like to either just post a comment that you're willing for us to share or you want to come on and chat with us because as much as we love and our views are awesome and we can... Mm-hmm. spout them off and we can you know we can obviously discuss both sides you know we really appreciate hearing from members of the community who do feel strongly that I can that it can impact them mm-hmm. boom boom all you right did it. you did the thing I did the thing mm-hmm. um so get out there enjoy the the wilds of West Virginia and the hot and the hot so yeah hot. find a body of water today it is pretty gross out there. We don't have central AC. I was sitting in my house and I was like, I got to get out of here as soon as possible. That's a good point. It's too hot. I agree with that. It's really gross. It's too hot to not have air conditioning. Yeah. Oh, and if you are a soccer fan or even just not and you'd like sports, three o'clock today, women's, this is Friday, the 27th of June. Um, The U.S. is playing France in the semis. So find a, find a TV. What's the girl's name them. with the, the grayish hair? Megan Rapion. Is that her name? Yeah. I like <laughs> I like her. <laughs> She's good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, support support sports. Sports. My daughter, it was adorable because she I told her about this. She was born in France. We live in the States, obviously. She was she's very excited to watch it. She woke up this morning and put her soccer gear on. She has Whoa. her soccer socks on, her little What's soccer shirt. What's the pay gap shorts? between the women's team and the men's team? Because that was a big oh, thing. Oh, it's huge. And actually, they are. Um, there, there was some talk of like a labor action on their part, wasn't mm. there? Or there was a huge argument because they do much better than men's soccer, <laughs> men's U.S. soccer, much better. Um, they do better. Like how much better? Much better. Wow, that's a lot of. That's better. a lot of better, mm-hmm. right? That's a lot of mmms. Well, so support sport. I just think the women's women's teams just don't get the. I mean, WVU had the national championship women's soccer mm-hmm. team, and people are like, Meh. oh, that's. 
that's the other cool thing. There's actually a number of WVU players playing in, although I don't know if they made it, two from the Canadian national team and one from, I don't remember. Ooh, that's my favorite place to mm. visit in the summer. It's a good place. It's cool. They have air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you're a Morgantown, a WVU sports fan, you got some WVU players on there. All right. That. That's it. That's it. I'm done. Um, what is our signed off again? Have a great life. <laughs> Have a great life. Bye. The new Activist on the Block is recorded at the WVU Innovation Center. The views expressed in this podcast do not represent the views of this center or West Virginia University. Thanks to Lauren Anderson on accordion and Riley McNamara for mixing the podcast. (laughs) ¶¶